0: So I am reposting this episode. At the time that I'm reposting this, it has been up for um about less, a little less than 24 hours, but I was just woken up because the original version of today's episode, today we're talking about going outside and I give you some tips. And there's a portion in the episode when I was talking about um, the different experiences of people, some people who get approached and some people who don't. And there was a portion when I was talking about initiating conversations um, and specifically initiating conversations with men that I just feel like my ancestors were like, girl, take that mess down. And um, the intentions for was talking about us practicing interactions. But I, I was like, no, nah, we're taking that down. So um, I wanted to repost that episode. I'm telling y'all that in the intro so that those of you who already listened to that part of the episode, Or listen to the episode, period, uh, and you're like, wait, is this the same topic? Is this a different topic? Just wanted you to know why it's being reposted, what's been taken out. But I do want to talk at a future date about this experience for those who get approached versus those who don't, and how that may affect your self esteem um, on both sides and um, helping y'all with that. But yeah, I was just like, no, we're taking that part out. Outside of that part, for those who've already listened, the episode is the same. For those who have not listened, I hope that you find this episode helpful for tips for getting putting yourself out there, going outside, meeting new folks, and that there is something from this episode that you can take with you. All right, that's it. Let's go ahead and jump on in.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing amazing wherever you are and however you are. So in today's episode, I did hear back from y'all. Y'all want to talk about going outside. Y'all want to talk about what does it look like to go outside and some tips for going outside. For those of you who may have missed it, in last week's episode, I suggested this because I talked about how there was an article that I saw about how a lot of dating apps were losing tons of revenue um, because a lot of people are opting out and preferring to meet people in real life. And there are many of us who are just introverts, many of us who are extroverts, who have been out of practice with meeting people, which is the category that I would put myself in. Um, that just over COVID, mom life, um, and doing my own internal work, it became a lot easier for me to spend time for myself um, and and needed time for myself. You know, as I've gotten older, my my energy levels have shifted, but I'm still an extrovert. So there are some of us who are very much out of practice with being outside. And then there are some of us who um, are not necessarily introverts, but may have a lot of social anxiety or just don't know how to put yourself out there, make friends, meet potential partners and all of that. So I'm going to give you eight tips for going outside. This is not going to be in any particular order. There may be some things that work better for you um, versus others. So as always, take what you need and leave the rest.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.
1: Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is I'm fully connected How on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire... Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. If you are anti going outside, I would still suggest for you to listen to today's episode because you may get some tips about how to be available for the people who are in your life. So the people that you're already comfortable with, the people that you may see every once in a while, you may hear some things that you can use to make those relationships and those connections more enjoyable for you, more enjoyable for them, maybe discover some hidden treasure in those um, connections that you didn't really have access to because you were unknowingly putting down some avoidant behaviors or um, an and avoidant meaning y'all when we are avoidance we're avoidant because maybe we're trying to protect ourselves from rejection or abandonment or just we don't know we don't know what we're doing or not doing and so it's not intentional ways that we may be putting up walls or making it harder to connect with people so this episode is still for everybody So let's go ahead and jump in with eight tips for going outside. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and jump on in. And the first tip that I'm going to suggest for those who struggle with love addiction or love avoidance for going outside is I need you to transport your mind from 1996 and act as if online apps do not exist. So literally put yourself in a different time period and just think, what would I do if apps did not exist? How would I meet people? I think a lot of times we fall back on um, being lazy in our interactions with people because as much as we may talk a lot of crap about it or talk a lot of crap about other people and how this world is like, you know, are addicted to their films. Maybe more superficial. Maybe victim or prone to this microwave culture that wants everything exactly how we want it immediately. And people don't know how to take their time anymore, and all that stuff. Like a lot of us can wax poetic about it, but we still have normalized a lot of customs that make us lazy or superficial in our reac- in our interactions, or just negligent of it. Because at any point in time. You know, we live in the most connected culture and time period in the world while we still feel very disconnected. So, at any time that I'm feeling lonely, I can open my phone and whether or not my thing is podcasts or Reddit or a TikTok or Facebook or, you know, even words with friends, <laughs> you can meet people online. You can connect to any person at any time in any way that you want immediately, but that is not deep intimate connection which is what many of us are longing for so we need to bring ourselves back in time maybe 1996 is too far away for some of us let's do 2000s um picture heat wb cw time periods right (laughs) at least that's that's what it is for me um that's my generation as a elder millennial and you know martin living single all, all of them how did they go out how did they meet people all that stuff and we are going to adopt those processes and we're going to adopt that mindset and that is the life that we are going to live if we are going to start going outside and knowing that outside is where the love and relationships and connections that we want are now the same rules are still true though y'all everybody that you meet ain't gonna be your your cup of tea so if I'm going to still use those sitcoms or that time period as an example We may have known our neighbors, but we didn't like all of them. You know, there may have been one or two people that we really connected with. We may have had um, still the same, you know, committees or groups or neighborhood functions and everything. And there are people in the friend group, the big friend group that we vibed with, and there are people that we didn't, you know. And so that is going to be true. And I think what happens with this kind of either microwave culture or this high sensitivity, especially for those of us who listen to this podcast, those of us who may have a very high sensitivity to rejection, to abandonment, to putting yourself out there, and you have this belief that it's not going to work out anyway, so you're very sensitive to any cues and signs that that's the direction that is going. So that you quick before you even start, or right when you get started, you may, you know, mess up the interaction, or think that you just being yourself, you being quirky, or you just having conversation, you're sewing so your head about what you think somebody is thinking. You are assuming that they don't like you or that they think this conversation is boring when really they're enjoying it. So if you're not careful, you may cut off getting to know someone because you are projecting your own insecurities onto them when they think that you're wonderful. They think that this is a really um, great way to meet someone. They, They actually do care about where you're from. And you're like, you know, I've seen so many people do this. Like they start off talking about themselves. And then they interrupt and they're like you don't care about this. Let let me let me talk about it. And I'm like, girl, I'm over here giving you full eye contact and I'm talking with you. Obviously, I care about this. I'm not doing the social cues of like looking at my walk or yawning or you know, you know, looking behind you and that kind of stuff and my eyes glazing over. Like I'm fully here. And so until someone starts to do all that stuff, then you stay, you, you take up space and you talk about yourself and you ask them about them, themselves as well. I'm kind of getting into the other tips, but let me focus on the first one. The first one is pretend that apps do not exist, okay? Pretend that online connecting to people, there's no Bumble BFF, there's no Bumble dating, there's no Hinge, there's not even any LinkedIn. We're hitting the pavement to meet people. And that's where, the, that's where the sparks and the connections are. And the immediate feedback information about whether or not this is real or not. So, so I'm going to, again, I'm not going to go in any order. So this may skip around. I'm going to come back to something that I said with the first one later. But the second one is going to be where I may lose some of y'all, but hey, we're, we're, we're throwing it out there now. Actually, I don't think I'm going to lose y'all. I think I think this is going to make sense. The second one is you need to talk to everyone, talk to everyone. So what do I mean when I say this? This is my introverts, calm down, because I'm not telling you to go out and talk to every single person that you um, see in real life, um, because that would be very overstimulating for your nervous system, for your brain. You know, that's just a lot of input. What I mean is sometimes we can go out with this preconceived notion of what types of relationships that we want. And so let's say I'm on a mission for girlfriends, right? And let's say I want to connect with other Black women who look like me, dress like me, and talk like me because I would love to be in connection with other people like me. So when I go to Target, I'm on a hunt for people who look like me, look like they may walk like I do, maybe look like they may like the type of music I do, um, which is fine for you to know the type of populations that you feel the most comfortable with. But when you do that, you put yourself in this tunnel vision to where you may have all these opportunities for love and for connection and for friendship that you are totally missing out on because you think it has to come in a certain package. When for many of us, part of the problem that we may be in is because we're so tied to what love, connection, and friendship is supposed to look like. You know, I was talking to someone the other day who um, was kind of talking about this phenomenon, and she was saying how she met this person who was like really nice. You know, they had worked together, and um, but they don't anymore. I think I can't remember how they met each other, but either way, they get along great. You know, they laugh together. Um, they feel she real, feels really safe with her. You know, and they have similar backgrounds and experiences, and like she's super loving and available, but she's white. And so this person was telling me um, that that was a con. That's why I phrase it as, "But she's white, not and she's white." For her, she like liked her as a person, but like she was like, "Well, what if this is like an issue? And what if you know, with all the upheaval and things that are happening in the country and all this other stuff?" And I'm like, "Has she attended to all that? Like, when y'all had conversations, has she?" Made you feel safe? Has she listened to you? Has she shown up for you? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. So your deep friendship that you've been praying for and wanting for a long time has not come in the package that you thought it would, but it's come and it's here and it's in full effect. So, so what's going on? And I think you know, uh, there may be friends that are available for you that are much older than you or much younger than you. Again, they may be from a different background that you are not typically friends with. And so this is your opportunity to go beyond your comfort zone. They may be a different gender presentation than you. They may be a different religious background than you. They may be a different um, ethnicity that typically from your background, there's a lot of conflict with. And so it's about you bridging that gap and going beyond your own prejudices. They may be more differently able than you. They may be on a different attractiveness level than you. Sometimes we will cut off people because we think that they are too attractive for us. If we struggle with our own um, sense of body image or sense of feeling threatened or the other way, if we may be in our ego and, um, you know, I only roll with bad bitches and this person doesn't do her eyebrows in the way that qualifies for your friendship, you may Miss out on a blessing when all you got to do is take her to Sephora and help her with some Anastasia Beverly Hills and hook her up if she wants, even if she even wants to. But if everything else fits, do not block your blessings. So talk to everyone. Um, This can also be related as well to. Uh, romantic partnerships. I'm not going to emphasize that part as much as before because I know many of us who listen to this are prone to bob the builder relationships, whether or not it's physically, financially, or emotionally. And we will be talking to someone that all the red flags are flagging and are like, stay away from them. And you can, you, I do not need no one to take what I'm saying on this podcast and say, well, Sheena said talk to everyone. The hell I did. <laughs> do, you, do you please 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 understand what when I'm talking about romantic partnerships because I feel like our eyes are open more eyes are more open to red flags when it comes to platonic things than it is when it comes to romantic things like there's like a quickness to join energies and you know to to compromise and to like give people the benefit of the doubt that we don't do with our friendships, which is a whole other conversation for a different day. Um, There's a little bit more standards when we look at our friend groups than we do with our romantic partnerships, ironically, no matter what it is, no matter what we say. But still, what I will say for that is um, I really, really want to push just for full transparency Black women going towards relationships with people who want them. So I am a proponent for love coming to you in whatever form that looks like, including if that form is a different culture or background than you. Um, whatever form, meaning if you are a five two five four woman, and this man is 5'6", five, 5'8". Five, he may not hit the 5'10 requirement or actually six foot requirement, the six inches in height difference, but you can still wear heels around him and still be, you know, still be seen and taken care of and thrown over his shoulder. You know, like talk to, be open to talking to people. And core, the core value of this that really underlies why and what would help you to be open to talking to other people is to see people as humans and not as tools. Whenever you are going out and you are like targeted and I'm only going to talk to people who I feel like can provide value to my life, you're going out with that um, with that prejudice. You're going out with that. Um, that's not good energy because who are you to say on outside appearance who can? Who's going to bring value to your life and who's not? And what do you constitute as value? Is value only the aesthetics or is value also the emotional care, the spiritual care, the financial care, the um, self-development and self-growth, you know, the wisdom of other people's experiences? So you need to let your heart be open to love, connection, possibility, and chance and whatever form it comes in. So if there's a four-year-old little kid who wants to come up and talk to you, um, talking to them, you know, or whether that is an older lady or an older, non-creepy gentleman. Again, I am pro having common sense and being and acting in protection of yourself or a person who doesn't look like you or any shade and color, the stranger that's trying to do a conversation with you in line. And you're like, yo, lady, I'm just trying to get my biscuits and get out of here. Smile back, talk to them about nothing or about everything. You never know who God is bringing um, across your path. So be open to angels in whatever form they come. So that's number two. Number three, I already said it, is to smile. Smile. Many of us have resting bitch faces. Um, I am one of them. I have been told many a time that I'm intimidating. I've also been told many a time that I'm intimidating with people who know me and love me. And I am actively consoling them. And my thinking face is a, what the fuck are you thinking face? But my thinking face that is like, I'm here and I'm connected and I'm like listening to you looks like a judgment face. And, you know, that is a truth. Um, And I have had to work on softening my facial expressions. I'm better than I was before, but I'm not perfect. And here's the thing, y'all. As much as you're like, I've talked about this before, as much as you're like, well, people need to get to know me and, you know, I'm a good person. And if someone's judging me on the outside, then I don't really need to see them. If I see somebody walking towards me and that's like, get the fuck out of my way is on their face, I'm going to get the fuck out of their way. Like, I'm going to respect what their face is telling me. So if that is not the experience that you want, you're going to have to learn how to smile. I suggest that you look in the mirror and you see what your smiles look like because you may think that you're smiling and then come to find out it's not happening at all. Like I, I've had to practice with taking pictures and I think I'm sl- I'm doing like a slight, like cute little smirk and my face really is like, what do you want and why are you looking at me? Like, I just... It is wild, like when you're in your own body, you have full access to your thoughts, you have full access to your intentions, you have full access to all that, but everybody else doesn't. So it is very important for you to over-exaggerate your expressions of openness and love towards others. Um, One, because it's inviting for others. And if you're listening to this podcast, it sounds like that, that may be something that you actually want. And again, this is also something that you can use in your everyday life. I know that we all have friends, especially if you are more avoidant. We all have friends that would look at us and be like, hey, what's wrong with you? And you're like, I'm fine. This is why, girls. This is why. This is why, persons, people listening to me, um, because you may be giving off different energy than you may want to. And yes, you can do the default thing again and say, well, If they're my people, they're going to understand me. And yes, that is true. And and you are also the only one who's in charge of the messaging that you're putting out or not putting out. So if that's something that you feel comfortable with, that is totally fine. That is totally up to you. Like I said at the top of this episode, there may be some things that some people are like, hell yeah, that's me. I'm going to work on that. There are going to be some things that some people are like, I'm going to do what I want. I'll grow and people are going to have to deal with it. And if this is one of those things, then good on you. I am proud of you for practicing your own boundaries and everything. And I'm also going to tell you the truth. As um, someone who wants the best for you and wants you to have that type of expansion, if or when uh, that type of advice is applicable or helpful for you, then you have this podcast as a resource to help you with that. But if not, skip number three. And again, take what you need and leave the rest. Do not not take what works for you um, and do the all or nothing thing where we can be like, you know, very black and white. Um, This whole life is about learning what works for us and what doesn't. And so I really champion and support you being able to do that. But yeah, smile at folks smell it folks the fourth tip for my love addicts and love avoidance who are wanting to go outside is to set a goal for the number of people for you to talk to okay hey
0: we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors
1: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So the goal for talking to people I would suggest for you to do is to start out with, um, I was going to say three, but I am an extrovert. Here's, Here's my reasoning behind three for those of my folks with social anxiety and introversion. If there's only one person that you put yourself out there and talk to and say, hello, how are you doing today? And say that person has a funky attitude. They have a bad day. They're having a bad day. They don't know English. They have a jealous best friend who's around the corner. They are in a hurry. Like, there's so much that could happen that can make that one experience that you have so terrifying and traumatizing and um, unmotivating that you're not going to want to talk to anybody ever again. But if you are saying, hello, how are you, to at least three people, you have multiple different experiences to balance this out, right? Um, For you to know, put your foot into the water and be like, oh, okay this is fine. This actually is okay. This works for me. So when I say talking to three people, I am saying something as simple as, hello, how are you? I'll talk more about topics um, and the numbers that are coming after this, but really is you initiating. The goal is you initiating, hello, how are you? Looking them in their eyes right? Because especially if you're here in the States, in America, we say, how are you? And the answer is supposed to be fine. Like we don't really expect a full conversation. We don't do all that. But for those of us, especially who struggle with um, social anxiety, those of us who are introverts, extroverts who are used to being outside more, this is all just brand new to us. We may be more used to being more passive and responding when things happen versus being more proactive. And so this is you, Um, remember, we're in 2002, we're in 2003 right now, ain't nobody on apps. And if they're on apps, we're at a period in time where people are still looking at apps and be like, that's crazy. That person is going to, you know, hurt you or something. You know, it wasn't as normalized as it is now where people just assume that apps, like if you want it, now is at the place where if you're single and looking and, People are going to ask you if you're on apps and it's going to be weird if you say you're not or if you've never done an app before. Um, Yeah, even even though people know that there's like this love, hate relationship with dating apps, people are going to judge you for not ever trying an app before. Um, And that's very different than it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. My goodness, 20 years ago. Thank you, Lord, for life and for time and longevity. Yeah. If we were in two thousand two, two thousand three and you were going outside, just, you know, meeting people, talking to people, and someone let's say you're just sitting at a cafe or something and someone walked by and you're minding your business, reading a book, you may look up and be like, Hey, how you doing? And then keep on reading, you know? And as much as I want you to go out there, of course we're talking about tips for going outside and meeting people. Of course, the next step is to start a conversation, which again I'll be talking about in a moment. For those of you who are just so scared to do any of this at all. I just need you to talk to people. I need you to practice. I need you to practice talking to people, not completely, you know, looking away, running away. And once, once we're getting good at that, then let's talk about conversation. So that is actually number five, practicing eye contact. Eye contact, I think out of all the things that I'm going to talk to you about today is for those of us who struggle with meeting folks and putting ourselves out there, this may be one of the hardest things, not for everybody. I think I think half of us is eye contact because of the vulnerability, especially if we have our own sense of internal rejection that comes with it. And some of us, the struggle is going to be actually the desire. Like right. I want to talk to people. I want friendships. I want relationships. But I really couldn't care less <laughs> about the small talk. And everything else that comes with that. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. But let's talk about those of us who have like this strong anxiety um, and all that. Looking all around and everything um, communicates that you are not that interested in the person and what they're saying, which you you are because you're outside. You're not in your bed. You know, you're there to try to make a connection when you could just stay quiet. Um, so you do care. And so the eye contact is going to be really important for you knowing how to um, stay present and stay grounded. So this is where doing some deep breathing comes into place. For those of you, you who know how to tap, I would practice some tapping. Uh, if, you've seen me, if you've seen me teach you how to do tapping, I teach you how to do so and not only the recovery school, but also in the members club the BJ's Members Club, I talk about doing it like under the table or very subtly to where you can be tapping on these pressure points and getting some of that that stress and trauma out of your body while also being able to be present in a very stressful situation. But a very practical way for you to practice eye contact is to practice holding the gaze or looking at the nose or looking into one of the eyes of whoever you're talking to for at least five seconds. Count to five in your head. One, two, three, four, five. And then if you need to look away, and do so. And then come back and hold it. And the more you do it, the longer it will be. And I also think well, the, the longer it will be, obviously the longer it will be, the easier it will get, Lord. <laughs> the longer it will be. Oh, Sheena, you're silly. Um, something that has also helped me is because there is a lot of fear that comes with like holding eye contact at least for people like me and the way my trauma story is set up so for anyone who relates to that I love watching people what has helped me or let me talk about the reason why there's a fear there is a fear there because there's a lot of thoughts around well am I going to look weird if I'm staring them in their eyes like they're going to think that I'm like being too intrusive or they're going to be like this weird girl is like staring at me when really no one's thinking any of that they are just fully present so i have liked to watch people who are masters at eye contact and watching how the other people respond and watching how for other people is actually a more enjoyable hypnotic experience to be seduced in that way you know what's behind a good a good um Session of eye contact and smolder is truly seduction. It really is connecting to um, a different side of you and a different part of you that you're good being seen. So some people who I've watched an interview who are great at this are um, Elani. Whenever she does interviews with people, like she's like deeply looking into their soul. Um, Angelina Jolie was great at that, obviously. Uh, who else is good? Michael Ely, when he used to do more interviews, he was really good at that. So just think about the people who you know can have a a reputation of being a little bit more seductive, a little bit more of the sirens or the people who are like super charming and watch them in interviews. Um, But watch them not with like love interests and stuff. Watch them with reporters, watch them having basic conversations where these reporters are asking them about their movie or their song. And, you know, it's just into them talking about like their favorite color or their moms or whatever, and watch how they hold eye contact and notice that the interview still goes great. And if anything is even more fun because that person is able to connect with you more. And that's going to be really great. This institution for you to know that It is okay for you to, one, embody this part of yourself, that it is intense and that it is um, available for folks, and then also that it actually is helpful for other people as well. So this is directly connected. This is a great segue to number six, which is probably one of the most important ones, which is to drop your defense mechanisms, a.k.a. your good girl voice and your professional voice. So those of us who struggle to connect with people um, and connect with love interests, especially, one of the ways that we protect ourselves from rejection and don't actually show our full selves is that we shift into the voice or the presentation that is the most foolproof for us, um, which does not allow the person to really feel us. So this this one is going to be really for are those of us who are going out to meet romantic partners, uh, I have seen over and over again with my clients who struggle with putting themselves putting, some, putting themselves out there and meeting folks that they will tell me things like, well, I talk to people all the time and, you know, it doesn't go anywhere or, you know, they don't really seem that interested. And then I say, okay, so when you're talking to them, do you go into like the chipper, happy, like, hi there, I'm Sasha, nice to meet you. And they're like, yes. (laughs) Like the super friendly, non-threatening, but just the asexual person that they happen to know versus do you embody. There's a difference between, hi there, I'm Sasha. Nice to meet you. And hi, I'm Sasha. It's really great to meet you. And like dropping into a different octave of your voice while you're holding the eye contact, while you are keeping your body language open, while you are facing them and letting them look at you and letting them linger on you and you're doing the same for them. Like, can you hold that type of embodiment? Or the other one is professional. So I'm meeting folks and maybe I'm meeting someone who I can tell is like on my level professionally or more, super successful. And so same thing, I go into meeting them And I'm like, hi, I'm Sasha. I'm very great to meet you. How are you enjoying the event? Right, like I'm like here. I'm on the versus. Hi, I'm Sasha. It's really great to meet you. How are you enjoying the event? You know, like to put some flirtation in there, to be fully sensual, sexual, a woman in those experiences. And for those of y'all who are going to be like, well, that's not safe. Obviously, I'm talking about people that you want to make a move on you. I ain't talking about Rego Teeth, you know, at the gas station trying to talk to you and be like, say hey girl, say girl, where are you going? Like, I, we ain't talking about him. I'm talking about when you are out at a bar or at the grocery store Or at a professional event, and you want to shift from being um, just like a a casual contact to them knowing that you are interested. And so, it is important for you to, in those moments, be a woman, be a woman. And I found that the two most common defense mechanism costumes, and maybe they're not costumes because they're still parts of you there, and they may be parts of you that you really love and have a lot of flow in. But you are a whole woman. Like you there are multiple different parts and embodiments to you. And what I find is that it's easier for women who struggle with this to embody these these certain parts of them, which is a defense mechanism, because if they show the full parts of them, if they show the sensual, sexual, soft, tender part of them, and that part gets rejected. That's very scary. And a lot of times they don't show that part because they either don't know how to embody it because they feel like it's been rejected before or they have rejected that part of themselves themselves. And so part of what happens with like love addiction and love avoidance, especially the love addiction part, is you are very over attached. It's hard to let go of someone who can see that part of yourself um, and may even have brought it out or has complimented it. Um. And that's been your only source of affirmation and validation because you haven't given it to yourself. And so um, when you start to go outside to my fellow recovering love addicts and love avoidants, you need to start to embody all of who you are and letting potential partners see that part of yourself. That is a struggle for you. That is part of the things that we talk about in the recovery school program, which is where I help you heal from the symptoms of love addiction, love avoidance, love deprivation, and the trauma that causes it, to make way for healthy love. And so, in this process, we, every single woman who joins this program and does the program, has to learn about different parts of herself and has to learn how to embody different parts of herself. Like that is a natural byproduct of all the work that we do together. So if you're interested in recovering these parts of yourself, like you're going out there, you're trying to do it, or you don't even know where to start, I would love to help you as your coach. And you can learn more by going to the therecoveryschool.com or even our main website, blackgirlsheel.org, and um, clicking on the work with us tab at the top and learning more about the recovery school from there. But yes, learn and be prepared to flirt and let go of all those things. And number seven is to go alone. Make sure that you are not grouping up uh, because that can be not only intimidating for other people, but really it's going to be harder for you to actually want to talk and connect to other people because you have your own folks to fall back on, you know? you are already there with your safety person. So even if you go to a party or something, let's say you go with a good friend or something, and let's say it's a house party. So it's like it's it's an actual party and not people who are just going there and standing around. You know, there's music playing and everything. So you're there with your friend, you know, y'all are talking and kicking and there's like a lull in the conversation or, you know, your friend goes off to dance. If we are still... In 2023, it's going to be so much easier for you to look down at your phone, see if you have any notifications, look at a TikTok that you can't even hear because you're at a party, right? Versus if we were in 2002, 2005, you would probably look over to the person standing right next to you and say something funny or compliment her shoes or, you know, ask her if she knows anybody here. You would start a conversation, Right? And so a lot of times when you go places with like a safety net, like, yeah, there's safety as far as like physical protection and stuff like that. But if your goal is to meet people and to make connections and put yourself out there, I suggest for you to go alone, especially if you are wanting to meet other folks um, and be approached. And the last thing that I will share for tips to go outside, tip number eight is to practice get to know you questions. So you need to have some questions in the bank that you are going to ask for these first initial conversations outside of, hey, um, hello, how are you doing today? Um, some people go to questions like, oh, wow, the weather's really hot, or um, talking about traffic and that kind of stuff. But nobody really cares about that. So you need to have a prepared topic that is short enough that's not going to be so weird and deep But if you are in line at target and you say this to someone who like you're standing behind especially as the holidays come up and y'all in line for a long time that's not going to be like this deep topic that's going to be weird to talk about within 60 seconds right um but also not something that's so general and weird that they've answered that same question about how fat oh my god can you believe it's november Where did the time go? Like, how many times have you heard that same phrase, just in general public? Right. So, you need to look up some topic ideas. Um, Go ahead and get on your Googles for that. Um, Topics to talk about and with strangers, or how to make friends and that kind of thing. See what Google has for you. But have one or two things so that you can just pull them out when you need them and have them ready to go. Questions that are benign questions but still probably would too long be too long or like um, well you can ask someone where are you from um, and that may lead to some stories about where they're from and like their neighborhoods and stuff like that but that's also like it's not engaging enough you know I can I can easily tell somebody where I'm from and then forget their face in the next five seconds so I have something that you can be prepared to ask them more about. Um, and then also be prepared to say if you are enjoying whether or not it is a surface level conversation or whether or not y'all are kikiing or whatever, say, oh, we should totally stay connected. Um, you can ask them for their Instagram. If they don't have one, you can ask them for their phone number. Um, but find a way to stay connected with them. Don't just leave it to chance. And I'm telling you that now, before you even get into the situations, because remember, you're practicing and learning how to put yourself out there and not being a passive, passive observer. So get get yourself mentally prepared to know. Okay, I'm going to shoot my shot fully. I'm going to say hello. How are you? Oh, we just just fully stay in contact. Like those are your roles in this, right? And again, you can start off with one if you need to, but just know that I'm encouraging y'all to, um, every time you go out, set a goal. Set a goal with, I'm going to maintain eye contact with someone for at least five seconds before I look away. You know, you can do this while you're like walking by them again in the grocery store. If you can't tell, I go to the grocery store a lot. Mom life, adult life. (laughs) But um Just pick one of the things you don't have to do all eight. Pick one of the things and start to build some mastery around that and then add on to each of them as you go. Okay. So I hope that you found this helpful. All the things that go into this that can make this hard as far as our avoidant techniques, um, our insecure thoughts, um, trauma that makes this hard past breakups, past friendship breakups that have made us resentful of all this stuff. Those are all the things that we talk about in the recovery school as well, which is why sometimes these practical tips can land and there'll be some that are better than others or easier than others. And so I'm available to support you with all those things in my recovery school program. And I love doing it, especially now in the holidays, when like things are slowing down, um, people are becoming more reflective we're needing more comfort and support, this is like literally the best time to start to get these things started um, and to start to work on these things. Um, Especially if you happen to have a lot of family triggers and stuff around this time or dysfunctional family relationships, having this type of support and these types of tools as an anchor is truly life-changing. So you can learn more by going to therecoveryschool.com and I hope to see you in there. All right, that's it for now. Hope you have a great rest of your day and take care of yourselves.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.